0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome in, everybody. You're listening to the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you in part by Stoney's Brewing. My name's TJ Weir, and joining me as always is Brad Lambert. Brad, how are we doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy Friday. How are you? Thank goodness it's Friday. Am I right?
1: That is true, my friend.
0: Awesome, so uh, I think we're not a Steelers podcast if we don't immediately talk about the, the glaring issue. Le'Veon Bell still hasn't shown up. A lot of uh, controversy going on in the locker room, players calling him out. What's your take on this?
1: You know what, man, I, I called into the uh, Steeler Nation podcast and talked to Punch and Wolf yesterday about it. And to be honest, I, uh, I put most of the blame on Avika Bacardi, his agent. I think he's just leveraging this whole opportunity for himself. Um, I haven't seen an agent in recent memory get as much press and interviews for a contract dispute since, like, Rosenhaus maybe 10 years ago. I mean, it's like, did you hear anything like the level of, you know, agent coming out speaking on things with Donald or Mac? Yeah, I sure as hell didn't. You know, and then the the fact that he was very outspoken and pretty snarky and uh, standoffish in his comments. Um, you know, if if you were Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin, what would you do? You know, it's just like that's part of the game, man. Like we're playing to win, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Le'Veon is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, is he irreplaceable? Um, I don't think so. Um, but you know, time will tell. I think James Conner had a great preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you can say he's Le'Veon Bell. I think he's James Conner. I love his speed. And his ferocity running the ball, um, that's a different change of pace than Mm Le'Veon. But uh, in preseason, he also showed that he can catch the ball and make plays with it. So, you know, let's see what he does on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a huge question mark. And I think you mentioned it there. Is Le'Veon replaceable? And, I mean, I think I might have been one of the few Steelers fans for the past, I don't know, year or so now saying, you know, Le'Veon might not be worth all the money. He is one heck of a player. Do not... I'm not trying to cut him short of his talent or anything like that, but when you look at the teams that have won Super Bowls the past few years, you look at the Eagles who had a committee, the Patriots who had a running back committee, running back just isn't necessarily a position you need to pay eighteen plus million dollars a year.
1: No, and you know, the other thing too is, you know, Le'Veon's really been outspoken about the money he deserves and blah 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 and all that shit. You know, and, and I'm all for, you know, him getting paid because mm-hmm. he is one of the best players in the league. But the guy has had a very checkered pass. He's had two big knee injuries, mm-hmm. and he'll be 27 starting next season. So, you know, you really can't put him in the same category as an Aaron Donald on and off the field or yeah. a Khalil Mack for that matter. Now, Todd Gurley's, what, 24 years old? Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, but as a running back, we all know when 30 rolls around, you're pretty mm-hmm. much done. Todd Gurley's 24, man. Like, why is Le'Veon comparing himself to Todd Gurley? It's not even remotely the same. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, You know, Le'Veon's always been very outspoken and selfish, and uh, I think he's proven that. You know, some of the latest rumors say he may show up Saturday on to tender. I would be absolutely shocked if he does. Um, You know, I certainly wouldn't complain, but all that BS this past week, uh, with the agent and Le'Veon you know, telling guys or not telling guys, he's coming in. Whatever the real case may be, you know, I just I don't see it happening. I see him in this for the long haul. Maybe the first six weeks. I don't know if he'll do the full ten. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, this this press and all the stuff he's getting. If I'm a GM in a, of another respectable team, mm-hmm. I don't want a guy like this on my team. I don't care how good he is. And you don't want to, want to deal know? with that
0: agent it's, at that point too, as well. Just,
1: yeah, and and you know he once again he'll be 27 starting next year, mm-hmm. and if he has one even one remotely uh, serious injury where he's out for three four weeks, it, it's a what have you done for me lately league, you know no one cares what he did last year or mm-hmm. the year before that and whatever. So I I don't I don't know man I, the whole thing's been very frustrating to me. You know I like Le'Veon I think he's a hell of a player, but at the end of the day you know. That this kind of distraction and nonsense, and you got guys like DeCastro, who are very, you know, quiet, speaking Mm -hmm. out into the media. Ramon Foster is one of the nicest guys out there, and he's coming out saying things like that. I just, that's not what you want on your on your football club. So, we'll see what happens. What do you think?
0: I mean, I think you bring up a lot of great points. Things that work against Le'Veon Bell. You mentioned Gurley having more tread on his tires. Three years younger mentioned the age 30. Uh, it's tough for a running back. When you sign a contract, you're being paid for what you're going to do, not what you have done. So Correct. you're using the pass as a way to anticipate the future, but you know you can't pay a guy for the last four years when you know the next four years, by year two or three, he's going to be dropping off big time and not be worth that $18 million or whatever uh, market he's trying to command. And I think the biggest thing that hurts Le'Veon is when other running backs have stepped in for Pittsburgh, there's been almost no drop-off. Look at D'Angelo Williams in 2016, 2017, when he was taking over yeah. for Le'Veon Bell. The yeah. yards per play on and off the field uh, for Bell versus Williams almost identical. And we've seen Connor tear it up in the preseason. Especially if we see him do well for six weeks or ten weeks or however long until Bell comes back, I, I think the longer he waits out, and the more Pittsburgh can see, oh, Connor's, you know, we can do, we can get it done with James Connor. I think it hurts his market even more. Yeah, you know
1: this is a very dangerous game. You know, he might as well mm-hmm. be in Vegas, you know, gambling because this could go very wrong for him. Um, so I, I, I wish him the best, but I would not recommend he sit out till week 10. Um, I know he's trying to protect his body, um, but you know what? The whole argument, oh, well, we know the Steelers are going to use him and run him to the wheels, fall off. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, of course they are. I mean, they're trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, why wouldn't they? Uh, but I mean- at the same time, like, if you honestly want to protect your body... Put him in cryo sleep, and we'll mm-hmm. see you in 2019, you know, because <laughs> all it takes is one snap. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't play this game without knowing
0: the risk. Yeah, right? I mean, it, it's just, yeah. And when you look at how Pittsburgh's used him in the last two years, they've given him more touches than anybody else, really, in the league. I mean, he's led the league in, uh, I think, touches the past two years now. Uh, so it's nothing new that Pittsburgh's going to, you know, use and get the most out of him as they can. So uh, that argument. I don't know. Maybe he's not aware of how much he was—he's been utilized the past couple of years. So I know every every Pittsburgh fan, every Steelers player now, also being asked about Le'Veon Bell. We won't talk about it too much. We won't drone on that topic. Uh, make it too much around that. So we'll look ahead to Week One. Football season's finally here. Uh, as much as we love preseason play, regular season's where it comes down to it. This is what we've been waiting for all year. Pittsburgh hitting on the road to Cleveland. What you thinking heading into this matchup, Brad? Well, I mean, I hate to continue to bring it
1: up, but um, you know, a lot of distractions mm-hmm. heading into the, the first game, obviously with uh, Le'Veon Bell and all that shenanigans. So, um, I I kind of makes me feel of Chicago last year. A lot of distractions. Yeah. Granted, that was right before the the game, so I'm hoping those guys can you know really stay focused and whatnot. It sounds like they're rallying behind James James Conner as they should. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm all for it. You know, I think that's great. So, um, Cleveland, believe it or not, I don't think they can stay Cleveland for too long. Um, <laughs> essentially, everybody on the team is a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So at, at that point, you know, you're looking at a ton of talent. That defense, that defense scares me. You know, mm-hmm. especially with Garrett coming off the edge, um, Peppers. I mean, there's a ton of really talented guys on that on that defense and. Um, obviously not having a guy like Levy on that's, that's not in our favor. So um, the offense that they have, you know, Landry, I think he's really talented. I don't think he's one of the best receivers in football, especially when Terod Taylor's throwing him the ball. So I think, uh, you know, the main thing will be don't turn the ball over for us on offense. And I think if we do that, I think we'll be okay. But uh, ultimately, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people uh,
0: think. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned a lot of their... The Browns are vastly improved. I mean, granted, they're a team that's only won one game over the last two years. So, I mean, it's not a hard hard step up to improve upon that. But, I mean, when you look at the Browns, uh, Tyrod Taylor's smart with the ball, to say the least. He may not be a great quarterback, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, Landry yep. is finds ways to get open, led the league in catches uh, a season ago, over 100 catches the last two years. Uh, and then Josh Gordon is the biggest boomer bust factor heading into the year. Uh, if he was yeah. what he was when he led the league in receiving yards with 1,600-plus, then that's a big cause for concern, especially against the Pittsburgh secondary where I don't know how it's going to shape up. I think there's two talented corners on the outside, but as a unit, how is it going to work out? How do they stop two talented receivers? Uh, and then you throw David Njoku, who's first-round pick a season ago, had a strong rookie year at tight end. Uh, I think he's only going to get even better this year. Then you look at the backfield. you got Carlos Hyde, uh, Duke Johnson Jr., uh, and company, uh, Nick Chubb as well. I mean, there's a lot of uh, congestion there in that Browns backfield with a lot of talent. I mean, we talked about that defense, but that offense is vastly improved as well. Yeah, man, Ninjoku uh, probably
1: terrifies me more than Landry or uh, Gordon. I mean, I think this guy is super talented, super athletic, yeah. and uh, we don't have Ryan here. So I'm hoping they go with the dollar and they bring a third safety in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really know what's up with Morgan Burnett. Obviously, Terrell Edmonds is getting dark. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out. Hopefully, uh, maybe Marcus Allen gets, gets some snaps, which I would not be opposed to. I think he's a big physical safety, and mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, I would love to see him in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you mentioned it there, a big in-the-box safety, and especially if, uh, you know, if he's covering in Joku or you help him in the running game, and I think that's the other part. We talked about Shazier and coverage, but also... Once he went down a year ago, Pittsburgh's run defense really started to get exploited. Uh, so if you bring in, if you run the dollar and you bring in Marcus Peters, that's another force, another uh, capable tackler there in the box for Pittsburgh. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Pittsburgh, how Pittsburgh tries to slow down the much vastly improved uh, Browns offense. And then when you look at that defense, you mentioned Miles Garrett on one end, Emmanuel Ogba on the other end. That's two very talented defensive ends. You look at. Uh, uh, linebacking core including Christian Kirksey, uh, Jamie Collins. Then you look at that secondary, fourth overall pick Denzel Ward. Uh, EJ Gaines is hurt, but once he comes back, Terrence Mitchell, TJ Carey, uh, numerous amount of uh, talented players. that Demarius Randall. They caught from uh, Green Bay playing in the safety position. Jabril Peppers. That defense is a sneaky one, especially anybody who plays fantasy. This this might be a defense that finishes top ten and be interesting to see. Especially you mentioned Connor in the backfield. This is a great test for Pittsburgh. That's low stakes because they are. Pittsburgh is still the more talented team here. We're, I know we're hyping up Cleveland. Pittsburgh is still the more talented team. But this is a good test on the road and uh, an aggressive environment week one. How do you that offense will match up against that defense?
1: Yeah, man. I, uh, like I said, I, I think the Cleveland defense is going to be the biggest problem. Um, you know, uh, I really hope for Cleveland's sake that they don't invest in Ward uh, to cover AB. Football game because I don't think that's going to work out mm-hmm. well for him. Um, that's a tough task to ask any rookie. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we'll see. But I'm excited to see AB. Obviously, we didn't get to see yeah. a lot of him in the preseason, um, really at all. So, you know,
0: I'm I'm ready to see 84 do his thing. Yeah, I think it's a great week talking about fantasy. If somebody's playing daily fantasy sports, I mean, AB's definitely got to be uh, the top target for wide receivers. and I think a great addition to. Your lineup, uh, So I think he's going to get a lot of touches. I think Juju Smith-Schuster, I think this is going to be a year, especially with Le'Veon sitting out, this might be the year that Ben's been wanting to let it rip and be a very pass-oriented offense, which they have been, but I think this year it might get upped a little bit, get the ticker going even more in the favor of the passing game. And you're looking at a talented secondary, but when you look at Pittsburgh receiving core, looking at Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, James Washington, Jesse James, uh, a lot of talent there. And then you mentioned Connor being a factor in the preseason the and uh, the passing game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm excited to see Ben, too. I know that's mm-hmm. an obvious choice, but he's in the best shape, you know, of the last 10 years, he said. So that's uh, always a good thing to hear, especially when you're uh, talking about a quarterback who everyone's like, you know, might be at the tail end. We'll see how many more years he has. So um, definitely excited. He looks great. So we'll ultimately see uh, how things pan out.
0: Well, Brad, we'll move on to the Browns' running game. I mentioned a lot of those running backs, all very talented, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, and Nick Chubb. But Pittsburgh, especially without Shazier, what have you seen so far between the preseason and what you've heard so far in training camp? How do you think that linebacking core can match up against a pretty talented running back core?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing for the Steelers defense this year is the front three. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Stephon two is coming off a bicep injury that um, he – was quoted saying was heartbreaking and he essentially wasn't able to use that arm for most of the season um, considering he got hurt in the first game mm-hmm. versus Cleveland um, so a healthy Tewitt a healthy Hayward uh, Duvon Hargrave has looked good um, in preseason so I think those guys are going to be really really important because uh, a lot of people are saying that you know Tewitt could be even better than uh, Hayward so if that is the case to have two guys, we know what Hayward's capable of, so to have two guys like that up front, mm-hmm. that can make a lot of problems for opposing teams, so I think uh, they're gonna be critical if they can't get pressure and kind of clog up the line. Um, I mean, I think Vince Williams had a great, great season last year, and mm-hmm. looks to be a great off-season. John Bossick seems to be a solid veteran, kind of like James Ferrier was for us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once again, it's going to be really tough to um, fill that hole left by uh, Ryan Shazier not being able to go this year. So um, hopefully we can do it by committee. And, uh, you know, ultimately we'll have to see. But I, I think we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, while we're talking about Shazier, I guess it would be rude if I didn't, but happy belated birthday to, uh, yeah. to number 50, Ryan Shazier. Uh, but, I mean, I think you mentioned it there. I mean, especially when you talk about, let's go back to that front line, if Tewitt and Hayward, even if they are just they play just as good, Tewitt takes that next step, and he's just as good as Cam Hayward, who was second last year in QB hurries, uh, not only in this week, but down the road. When it comes to pass rush, we talked about outside linebackers being a huge bolster, and we need T.J. Watt, and we need uh, Brad Dupree to step up, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can have Hayward and Tewitt, it takes a lot of pressure on those outside linebackers and maybe gets them to play even better.
1: Yeah, man, I, I really think we need to see the defense come together as a unit. Um, especially just embrace the adversity that we have this season um, with uh, just Ryan on the defensive side Mm -hmm. of the ball. And, you know, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. It's it's been a long offseason. And uh, obviously with that Jacksonville loss, that hurt. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm really looking forward to these guys kind of – I think it was DeCastro or Foster that said, you know, we need to show up and uh, we need to let people know that we can do it with or without Le'Veon. Um, because I I would really hate to see the Steelers drop this game because uh, all the drama that we had this past week, if we lose without Le'Veon, it's going to be way worse.
0: Without a doubt. And you mentioned DeCastro and we talked about Foster. You also have Marquise Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva uh, up there on the front line. I think this is, again, a good test for them as well. I mean, we talked about the Browns and that talented pass rush. Uh, Good week for Pittsburgh to see where that offensive line stands and I think one of the most underrated groups in the league. Yeah,
1: I mean, they are one of the best offensive line groups collectively. I mean, if you think otherwise, I don't think you know football. But uh, I think Al Villanueva is going to have a heck of a start dealing with Miles Garrett. So um, hopefully he can hold his own, and I know they're going to give him some help because that's a tough task for anybody. So uh, I'm
0: excited. All right, Brad. So we talked about it. We previewed it uh, a lot, and uh, let's get to it. Okay, let's get a score prediction. Brad, what do you think the final score on Sunday is going to be? Oh, geez,
1: putting me on the spot. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I can go ahead. I'll go, I'll give you some time to think about it. Mulch it over. I'm,
1: a, uh, I'm gonna say uh,
0: 24-20 Steelers. 24-20 Steelers. I was gonna say 24-17. I'll write these down and see which one of us is closer, but. The same score. Both going to be. Uh, both think. Obviously, this game's going to be a little bit low scoring. Uh, it's always tough to go into Cleveland. Uh, and a good. Both good defenses. I'm waiting to see what they see. Uh, who do you think could have a huge breakout game? Who do you think after week one would be like? Wow. We talked about Le'Veon a lot. We talked about Ben. We talked about Antonio Brown. But this guy. If it weren't for him, why not to come out with a victory?
1: I'm going James Connor. I think this kid, mm-hmm. you know, has overcome a lot in his life, both personally and professionally. And uh, I think he's been waiting for a moment like this, so I'm I'm going James Conner all the way. I think he has a big day, mm-hmm. um, both in the passing game and running. So I wouldn't be surprised to he eclipses, you know, let's say a buck seventy-five total yards. Wow. And uh, you, you know, hopefully yeah. he has a big day because uh, that's the boost this team needs moving forward.
0: Okay, for a sleeper big game, I'll go someone other than Conner. Um, I'll venture to say Joe Hayden. Watch out for Joe Hayden, maybe a pick, maybe even two uh, this week, and if not him, off the offensive end, Juju Smith-Schuster, leading receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That'll be my sleeper predictions. So Love it. Well, there you have it. Pittsburgh taking on Cleveland at 1 o'clock on Sunday. We're both excited for week one in football season. Finally back, Brad.
1: Can't wait, man. Let's get it. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Hashtag, here we go. And this has been the SteelersNation.com podcast. As always, my name's T.J. Winger. He's Brad Lambert. Be sure to check in for the next episode. Until then, we are signing off.